Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Jay Drew coming up momentarily. Want to remind you to call Action Plumbing and get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for 33 bucks. Call 801-833-3333 or go to actionplumbing.net. Gordon, we're going to play some sound coming up at 530. Some of the uh, most aggressive criticism of officials I've heard from a, a coach at a professional level. Yeah. Coming out of the G League. We'll get to that at 530. Also, Mark Cuban making some controversial comments over the weekend, yeah. too. He's so. always been a, a critic of the referees. And James Harden walked, well, t- took what, like five, six steps and got away with uh, the Euro, Euro, Euro step. Well, and <laughs> can I get white tzatziki sauce with that Euro step? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is the Euro step basically a travel? <laughs> no, not. A, I mean, what Take James? The two steps. Uh, here's here's the controversial thing in the NBA. What is a gather step? Because yeah. that's that's yeah. what they all talk. About. Oh, it was he was gathering. The way I learned traveling in basketball, and maybe this isn't a thing anymore, but it's when you put your pivot foot back down. Like, you can pick up your pivot foot, but you can't put it back down. But maybe that's not a thing anymore because apparently a gather step lets you take, like, 12 extra steps. Well, I always thought that a jump step, jump stop, it was a travel uh, up and down. Right. Right? Right. Because you're supposed to release the ball immediately, right? What is your your Pink Panther line? Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore, buddy. So who knows? That's when a guy swung the... the, uh... It just ruined a Steinway, and the guy said, that's a $25,000 Steinway. And the inspector said, nit enema. All right, let's talk a little college hoop. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, lease any phone, and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. You can read him in the Deseret News covering BYU. He's our good friend, Jay Drew. What's up, Jay? How are you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. You used to be with the Salt Lake Tribune, nit not anymore now with the Desiree news uh although i still i hear you were uh, cursed to sit by gordon at the game the other day how'd that go yeah that was my pleasure kind of uh we were kind of banished to the upper uh upper reaches um which is my lot in life now that i'm kind of the number two uh basketball writer at the Deseret news behind jeff call but uh it was uh fun to see gordon again up there at the marriott Center. did you talk your ear off no, it's busy. Did you, you, know, did you even get to watch the game? Were you, were you oh, just yeah, like, come on, no, Gordon? Jeez, no. I'm trying to pay attention. Hey, hey, hey professionals at work here. Uh-huh. Come on. You know, it was one of those games with the with the eight o'clock start that maybe fans and readers don't realize that you you're uh, you're basically don't have much time to chat because you're during timeouts and uh, whatever you're you're kind of working on your story with having to file right close to deadline is or right as close to the buzzer as possible so that wasn't a lot of time for uh for doing much else but just writing jay you've been covering byu for a long long time when was the last time you saw that arena quite like that yeah i definitely have to say the uh the the jimmer years you know Mm -hmm. 2010 2011 especially 2011 his senior year 
Um, there might have been a few times uh, games against Utah, or there was a game I think against Iowa State a few years ago where where it was pretty packed, but nothing like that. Nothing like just the electricity and the atmosphere. It was just it was pretty pretty amazing. It certainly reminded me of those uh, of those Jimmer games. That's for sure. You know, this might be, Jay, and, and I'd be curious to hear if you agree or not, this might be the most talent they've accrued on a team at the same time since those years you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, they don't really have as good of a defender as Jackson Emery was and Charles Abuo was. Um, but offensively, uh, you know, they're and obviously they don't have a jimmer, but but they've got three really, really talented offensive players in Toulson and Haas and Yoli Childs. And uh, and then, obviously, Yoli Childs is an outstanding rebounder, uh, probably the best rebounder they've had there since, you know, Brandon Davies or maybe even before that. So, well, Kyle Collinsworth was an outstanding rebounder, but he was, you know, kind of played that hybrid guard forward spot. So, um, yeah, it's a very talented team and, and uh, senior laden, as everybody knows. And and uh, it's really a mentally tough team. I think that's what stands out to me. Um, like I said, I haven't seen every game. I haven't seen any road games live. But Jake Toulson and, and even T.J. Haas, these, these guys are, are really mentally tough. They they don't back down. They're not soft, as, as Mark Few said the other the other night, uh, but mostly about his some of his players is, is these BYU players are pretty hard nosed and and uh, they're they're not afraid to, to kind of mix it up and and so it's that's kind of the biggest difference as I see. And that really surprises some people because the way I mean you look at Jake Toulson right and that kid's tough he's tough and he and you would think he would be like that was a was a kid in in Hoosiers Jimmy Chitwood Jimmy Chitwood or something you know but he's tough. And we saw that Say Jimmy wasn't tough. Well, maybe he was, but I mean, you know, he just looks kind of fresh faced and kind of, but he's, he's a tough guy and uh, they all are. It seems to me, it's funny how infectious that can become Jay. When one or two guys are that way, the other guys can catch up pretty quick. Yeah, certainly. And, um, Jake Tolson's kind of interesting. You know, he left BYU. I think that's maybe where he got the, little bit of a reputation maybe that he's not that tough you know he he, he transferred out of BYU and said it was hard for him to kind of exist there and and so uh you know playing basically for his his third program um it, so he might get that moniker but you know talking to him and just watching him he he's just the opposite I remember when Jake was a freshman and uh, they were supposed to be kind of running out the clock. They were beating Southern Virginia by like 30 points. And, and he put up a three-pointer <laughs> at the buzzer. And uh, I remember in the press room after some people were getting on him, and he, he wouldn't apologize for it. He just basically said, hey, you know, I was open. <laughs> so, uh, And then I just noticed the other night he was jawing with Killian Tilly of Gonzaga quite a bit. Uh, basically, one time I could see him. He was kind of telling Tilly to stop flopping. So he's he's Danny Ainge's nephew, as many people know, and he's got a lot of that uh, that Ainge kind of uh, mentality in him. Um, and I I think it came out uh, the other night, and it's pretty much come out all season. 
I think you would agree with me. The Cougs are in for the NCAA tournament. I, I think their rankings have been that way for a little while now. But with that in mind, what do you expect to see from them down in Vegas at the WCC tournament? And if they could pull it out, where's the, I, I guess, how high could they get in the NCAAs? Yeah, I think I think they could possibly get to a four if they uh, if they won out, um, which you know they they've got to beat Pepperdine uh, at Pepperdine, a place where they've struggled traditionally, um, and Pepperdine's a little bit better than they have been, so they've got to take care of business Saturday and then obviously win a semifinal, uh, assuming uh, Gonzaga is going to get the number one seed and BYU will get the number two that they'd be, you know, get the double buy into the semis. And then they'd have to win that game probably against St. Mary's. Um, and then obviously would have to beat the Zags again, which is no short order. But I can see them moving up, getting a four. I think if they if they win their next two, uh, I think they're, they've got a shot at a five. Um, but that would, uh, you know, that would take a little bit of doing. But right now it looks like most people have them as a six or a seven. And uh, they, they could probably stay there. Um, you know, they got a good net. Their net ranking's good. Their Ken Pomeroy is good. So um, I think they could even possibly, you know, lose lose the next two games and still get and still get in. But I think they, the possibility maybe to drop to, if that happened to maybe an eight or a nine, maybe even a ten. How much credit do you give Mark Pope? I give him a lot of credit. I, I don't discount what Dave Rose did. Dave Rose assembled a lot of this talent, and Dave Rose's staff uh, identified Yoli Childs and got him here. Now, uh, obviously, Pope uh, got it, convinced him to persuaded him to stay, which was a huge get. You know, he got Jake Toulson to follow him back to BYU, which was another huge coup for him. Um, but I, I think I think his entire staff deserves a lot of credit. This BYU team plays defense like no BYU team that I've been covering since I've been doing it, you know, 11, 12 years. They just have that mentality. Um, they've talked about it before, but they really put it into action, and he really holds them accountable. Um, if, if you see a guy mess up on defense, he'll pull him out. You didn't see Dave Rose do that an awful lot. Occasionally you would, especially when Heath Schroyer was there that year. But, uh, but Pope and his staff have really injected um, that kind of defense-first mentality that, that was, as everyone who's really watched the program knows, was, was kind of a hit and miss over the last, you know, decade or so. What's it about T.J. Haas this year, Jay? We've watched his journey. He's been a lightning rod at times. You know, of course, that uh, the LP3 being so hyped coming into this program, and this year... I mean, he's been terrific at times and been certainly the best player on the floor at times. Talk about what's worked so well for him under this coaching staff or for him in general. Yeah, I think uh, some of it has to do that he doesn't have to be the man. And I think Jake Toulson coming in has really helped TJ. He doesn't even have to be the number two scorer like he's been the last few years. You know, obviously Yoli Childs is, is the number one guy, but so, so I think that's helped him a lot. I also think um, that the new staff came in and, and basically told him, "Hey, you're you're the point guard. You're you know you don't have to be looking over at your shoulder. We're not going to try to play at the two like they did sometimes last year with Jasheer Hardnett playing." And then the, the the third thing is 
somehow they've convinced him to play more under control and to not maybe not take quite as few risks as he did before but just for some reason he just he's just plays under control he you don't see the the bad passes as often occasionally he'll come up with one but but uh, that's the kind of the biggest thing is is he just really seems to know his role and be really really comfortable with it this year Mark Pope said after the game the other night that uh, that I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially of Yoli Childs, he said there's no way that guy's not a pro. Do you uh, do you project him to being an, uh, an effective or an NBA player at all? Man, that's a that's a tough one. I it's going to take something. He just he's he's still kind of a tweener. Um, he's not you know he's he's I don't know that he's shown a uh, enough of a shooting ability to play the wing, or or the ability to to stay with a a guy on the perimeter, and but I don't know that he can play inside. So he's just kind of caught no no man's land because of his size. Um, the other things he's got, I mean, he's got a great work ethic. He's got uh, you know he's he's got a great drive. Um, he, he's athletic, as, as everyone knows, good wingspan, but. I don't know. It just it seems like uh, the NBA. You've got to be able to shoot the ball, all, and you've got to be able to defend. And and uh, and I don't know if he has those. I mean, I I love the kid. I I've been just you know really honored to uh, cover him and and watch his growth and development. But but uh, I don't know. I I I don't really see it as far as him making a an NBA roster. You know, like I said, I, I hope for his sake that he does, but but I I don't know. The jury's out, I guess. Is uh, you guys watch the NBA more than I do? Maybe you could kind of say, but but just from what I've seen, kind of on the outside, I I don't know. I I don't really see it. When we when I asked Jake the question earlier in the show, you said Jake exactly what Jay just said. Yeah, I'd be worried he'd, he'd be a bit of a tweener, Jay. But let me ask you this: as somebody who's watched him uh, a lot, you think he can guard wings in the NBA? I don't think so. I, I just don't think he's quick enough. Um, um, you know, you look at some of the, the wings, even like on the Jazz, and, and I don't, I don't think that that's that's a big problem. And you know, it's kind of ironic that we used to talk about Jimmer in the same way. We knew he had offensive skills, but we always worried if he was quick enough to to guard uh, you know a, a guy out on the perimeter and it, it turned out that his foot speed was probably the the thing that kept him from sticking in the NBA and and I think there's some of that same worries with with Yoli because I I'd, I'd bring this up to you going back to your Mountain West knowledge Jay you know Danny Granger coming out of New Mexico he was kind of big in the at the Mountain West level but he was quick enough that he could guard wings in the NBA and that allowed him a little time to develop his shot and then all of a sudden he's you know an all-star borderline borderline all-star for several years you know if if Yoli could guard wings uh, to give his offensive game really a chance to to hone I think he could make it but that that would be the biggest question in my mind yeah and uh, you know Gonzaga uh, doubled him sometimes. They they didn't double him other times, and uh, I think you know he he won't be able to post up and 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 take a guy one on one in the NBA like he can in, at the college level. So 
there's a lot of question marks. Um, there's no question marks about his worth ethic and his character and his integrity and all that. But his his actual talent, I think, is is uh, where where there are question marks. So Jay, uh, as BYU seems to be improving here and taking advantage of these seniors that they have on their team, what does this mean for the future? Uh, is there an attitude shift with this team, with this program? Uh, and uh, do you think that recruiting will pay off uh, off of uh, the uh, strong showing right now? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, uh, Mark Pope didn't get off started off to a great start. He lost the kid from Wasatch Academy, Caleb Lohner, to Utah. That's a, a really big loss. Um, one of those BYU family kids. Um, you know, maybe if, if Caleb had waited a couple months and saw how, um, you know, Pope did at BYU, maybe that would have changed his mind. He was, ironically, he was at the game last night or uh, Saturday night there with Richie Saunders, another Wasatch Academy kid that's already – uh, signed with BYU, but we'll go on a mission first. But um, yeah, I think it'll give them a good bump. I think I think uh, Pope's staff is really good at recruiting. He's got a lot of kind of street cred there with uh, with um, Chris Burgess, obviously, and then Nick Robinson and and Cody Feger. So I, I it can't hurt this this great season they're having but uh but i think and i think pope will capitalize on it and i think he'll be more willing to go out and go after maybe uh juco kids or kids that aren't or outside of kind of the uh you know the utah county area like like unlike what dave rose did i I think he'll look more to maybe get an international player or two so i think he'll take more risks at recruiting and i i think uh i think he'll parlay this success into some pretty good classes Two questions. Can BYU afford those foreign players? <laughs> That's a good and question. That was one question. The, the, second, the second question, Jay, is if Pope's team really shines through the, the conference tournament and into the NCAA tournament, is there any chance that uh, he could take such advantage of it that he might end up coaching somewhere else? Yeah, I think that possibility always always exists. I, from what I heard, what I've heard is that there are some pretty influential boosters at BYU who who will pay to keep him around. Um, if you know, he might be able to use this for, as a little leverage. And of course, none of us really know what kind of money he's making at BYU, um, such as it is. But yeah, I think I think he could draw some interest. But I also think there's a, a kind of a financial commitment, not from BYU itself, but from some, some boosters there at BYU that, that want him in that position and that would would do what they could to keep him around. Before we let uh, let you go, Jay, you mentioned foot speed. Who would win in a race of Jay Drew, Gordon Monson, and Dick Harmon? Like a 40-yard oh, dash, who's winning? Who's got the foot speed? Well, I, I, I would say Dick Harmon comes in last, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably take second. I'd probably give it to Gordon. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, man. Uh, Jay, one other question that's sort of goofy. We started the show off talking about nicknames that we had uh, in our past. Uh, as a, a young buck growing up, uh, did you have a nickname? Uh, yeah, uh, my grandpa used to call me Newsman Sam because I was, uh, if something happened, I always had to run and tell somebody what was going on. And then obviously that's my profession now. So 
That's kind of the only one I that kind of sticks out. So you Newsman started fan. early, huh? Were you so you were a gossiper, is what you were saying? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I was. <laughs> <laughs> Newsman Sam, how about that? Way to go! All right, Jay. Hey, thanks as always for jumping on with us, man. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Jay Drew covers BYU for the Deseret News. Check him out, Deseret.com. He said exactly what you said about the only child. He's a heck of a college player, though. I'll say that. I bet Jay beat you in a 40. Well, he, you think? Maybe. I don't know. Probably. All I know is about 10 years ago, my daughters and a couple of their boyfriends lined up uh, for a race that I was involved in, and my wife was as well. And you know Lisa, she's, she, she doesn't do it anymore. She doesn't run the way she used to, but she used to run five miles a day. And we lined up, and we did like a 40-yard dash. And, and <laughs> the one thing I remember was her saying, even he beat me because I edged her. Hmm. I'm surprised. Even he beat me. She could have. She could have run forever, but in a in a short burst, I beat her that day. There's, I believe she let you win. Yeah, probably. But she was disappointed, and when she uttered, <laughs> "Even he beat me," that hurt a little bit. I would bet on her because I think everybody else beat me. I would still bet on her. You had to do it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, in my more decrepit state now, yeah, I'd probably. Uh, Finish last. Okay. Uh, joining us now in studio from RGS Exteriors, he's our friend Tim. Give him a call, 801-396-0555. And, uh, Tim, we've talked to you about how a lot today. Of, how, wait, wait. How fleet of foot are you, Tim? Oh, man. I'm slow. Just ask my boys. <laughs> You're built for comfort, not for speed. Especially when you got a kid that's playing college ball. He's a little faster than me. Well, he must have gotten it from somewhere. No, from his mom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's talk. Uh, you, you mentioned something. You mentioned uh, that you guys do siding with the. Explain to me, what is James Hardy siding? Well, that's a good question. So, James Hardy siding is kind of what everybody sees nowadays. It's kind of like the Kleenex tissue kind of a thing. But, James Hardy siding is really just fiber cement siding. Um, it's kind of what looks like wood, but it's. It's a composite so that it doesn't corrode. Insects don't get to it. doesn't break down. You don't have to paint it as often. So really just the siding you see, the best way to describe it is you go out to daybreak, and every siding you see out there is that type of siding. And you guys do this better than anybody else. Yeah, that's why uh, James Hardy's given us the Elite Preferred Contractor. We use all 100% James Hardy products. Um, a lot of the stuff out in daybreak, unfortunately, if you look, looks great for a year or two, but then it starts to break down. In fact, there's been a class action lawsuit, and it's been on the news and all over lately about homeowners HOA fees going up it's because they just use inferior trim so mm. the siding mm. itself was okay but they didn't use James Hardy trim and so it's a lot cheaper and it's what most everybody does so uh, but but we don't we use 100% authentic James Hardy product so pretty much anything with the exterior of my house you can help me with and I, I know we all have projects that have to do with the exterior of our house and this is a great place to get started you betcha uh, like we mentioned some of the specials earlier but today uh, now on this one as well gutters we haven't talked gutters a lot but we have a 15% discount going right now on our gutters and leaf protections and heat cable. If you got any ice issues you had this winter you want to not worry about, hopefully we're done with the ice for the year. I hope so. Um, anyway, but uh, we, we have that. Uh, and But leaves, you know, you don't want to clean out your leaves. It's getting springtime. It's time to get out there and get up there and clean them, and we can take care of that as well. All right, here's the number again, 801-396-0555. Find out what they can do for you at RGS Exteriors, 801 801- 
396-0555. Tim, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, you're going to want to hear this rant about referees coming up next. Stay tuned. Big <laughs> Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Oh, hello, little things you say and do Make me want to be with you Rain on, it's a crazy feeling And I know it's got me beating When you say I love you Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, big thanks to uh, Jay Drew for joining us in the last segment. We want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans coming up on Thursday from noon to 3 at All-Star Garage Door, located at 165 West Frontage Road in American Fork. Stop by and see the highest quality in garage doors and garage shelving, all-star garage doors. Gordon, we have an epic rant we thought we'd play for our, our listeners today. And not epic in it that it's particularly long, but epic in the fact that it's extraordinarily aggressive uh, <laughs> towards uh, officials. And it's by Wisconsin Herd coach Chase Buford, who happens to be R.C. Buford's son, the general manager of the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was... He was not pleased uh, after a game. And, and I don't know, Gordon, we've heard some aggressive rants towards officials. I want to know where you put this in the Pantheon, all right? All right. All right, Alex, go ahead. Uh, the officiating definitely went right for Grand Rapids. That was as unprofessional as a officiating performance. And I hope you tweet this out and tag the league because that was embarrassing. Um, Matt Rafferty is a that being said, we have to be so much better at the end of games. We can't blow a 21-point lead with 12 minutes to go. However bad and biased and uh, unfair and illegal and cheating the referees are, uh, we have to be better closing games. And so that's the way I feel. All right. So you got to give him credit for wrapping the blame uh, it, it, it's almost like a, a pork chop with uh, bacon wrapped around it. He 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 mixes in the whole idea that <laughs> that his team needs to be better, but it's 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 actually that's the that's the pork chop. the The bacon is the blaming the referees. Does or is it the other way around? Any sort of sense? I couldn't even. The, tell no, you. okay. I'll put it this way: the blaming the referees is the meat. Uh-huh. And then the hey, we got to do better as a team, got to execute better. That's the bacon wrapped around the meat. Now do you get me? No, not not at all. Not <laughs> you know what I mean, he mixed in the yeah, whole a little thing. bit. Uh-huh. Play it again. Is that is that uh, like a stuffed play, pork play, chop? Play it again, and I'll tell you where the meat is and where the bacon is. All right. Uh, the officiating definitely went right for Grand Rapids. That was as unprofessional as a officiating performance. And I hope you tweet this out and tag the league. Hey, that's the bait. That was embarrassing. Or oh, that's the meat. Matt that's Rafferty the meat. That, that being the... said, we have to be so much better at the end of games. We can't blow a 21-point lead with 12 minutes to go. However bad and biased and the bacon. Uh, Here comes unfair the meat. and illegal and cheating the referees are, uh, we have to be better. That's the meat. Games. And, and then that's so, the bacon. That's the way I feel. Yeah. See? Unfair. Bias cheating. <laughs> he he named the referee by name and called him a bleeping clown. <laughs> That's the meat. That's amazing. Just once, just once, I'd love Quinn Snyder to call a ref out by name and call him a bleeping clown. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Just once can I hear that, please. But you got to admire the uh, the dexterity involved here, you know, of of wrapping that bacon around the meat. Okay, you've got to dip, and, not and, ditch and, this analogy. And, and, no, no, it doesn't it make any sense. It works because his point is that the referees suck. Uh-huh. But he wrapped it in the whole idea, well, my team's got to play better. We can't be doing that. But the refs were clowns and they sucked. So that's the meat. His point was the refs suck, but he, he was deft enough to bring in the bacon around the edge. Yeah, well done. He's like the galloping gourmet. Still makes no sense. And why are we talking about this why would analogy that, anyway? That's why, the, why, why, no, would that, no, why would that? Make, why would that not make sense? Because his point, his main point, is that the referees suck. That they were clowns. I, so I that's know. the main thing. But then he wraps it, and yeah, my team got to execute better. Uh, some here's uh, what Chase had to say. His statement. He said, "Quote: I deeply Oops. apologize for my behavior following our game against Grand Rapids today." It was unprofessional, and I'm embarrassed. My sincere apologies to referee Matt Rafferty, the clown, uh, in reference. Uh, The Grand Rapids Drive, their fans, and the Herd organization. It's tough learning experiences as a first-year head coach, and I am truly sorry and will grow from this. And he has been since uh, suspended for two games by the NBA G League. So he took the the, the bozo nose off of Matt Rafferty. So what is that? What did he pull the bacon off the off the pork chop? Uh, no, he pork he pulled the pork chop out of the bacon. Or did he eat the pork chop? <laughs> he kind of did. And then the bacon, you know, he put in the garbage. And where's the suspension? The garbage disposal. <laughs> The suspension would be... Is the suspension the gristle? No, the suspension is the acid indigestion that comes after the meal. See, it's it's the result. So dumb. Why are we talking about... It is perfect. Here a coach just brilliantly goes after a ref (laughs) like nobody before. Speaking of Mark Pope, we've talked a lot about him uh, today. I like the way he went after refs in such a sarcastic way earlier this season. You remember that? Where he described the courage that it takes for them to make those calls? I saw a referee once absolutely dress down Mark Pope when he was an assistant at BYU. That referee came over and started yelling at Mark and scolding him and treating him like a sixth grader or, I don't know, a young person. And it was funny because... Uh, I talked with Tim Lacombe, who uh, was also an assistant coach at BYU, and he said that referee lasted one year, and he's gone. You can't do that. You can't treat an, another adult like that. It wasn't like Mark went berserk. Another bleeping clown, I agree. Yeah, he, he didn't do that. Sometimes it is the ref who's the who's – the, 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 and this is the meat of the story. No. He is a bleeping cl- clown, but – you know the bacon has to be in, mixed in too. It's so, okay. Maybe, maybe we. Well, I think that that works well. But you could also say it's like mashed potatoes with maybe some some uh, chives mixed in or something. Does Coach Buford even have anything to apologize for? I say no, and I didn't even watch the game because <laughs> you know that those referees are clowns. Let me ask you this: from a conceptual standpoint, should they should they let referees be criticized? 
I think yes. Although by coaches and players, I I, I think yes. But uh, the the integrity of the game is at stake, and if people start to think those refs are like the French judge in, in the uh, 2002 Olympics. What was the skating couple that got screwed out of that uh, initially? The Canadians? Yeah. Was it Jamie Soleil, I think was her name. And, and I can't Pelletier. Remember. Was it Pelletier? David something. I don't know. I can't remember. What, uh, but so, so if you allow the criticism, then people start to wonder, hmm, I saw the call, I thought it was bad, but uh, what, what's going on here? Because it really does call into question. It is basketball's biggest weakness. But is, isn't actually the opposite true by not letting them be criticized where you kind of keep it all behind closed doors? Doesn't that raise more? Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Doesn't that actually make people like me more suspicious? Probably, yeah. Like and, we, and I like it when the league comes out and says, oops, that was a blown call. I, I think that, that that's uh, not harmful. Not harmful because for the very reason that you're pointing out. Well, I think the league should have their, have their refs back. I mean, I, I guess I don't have any problem with that. But if a coach doesn't like a call, why shouldn't he be able to say that was a terrible call? Why, why do you have to automatically get fined just for broaching the subject? Now, okay, so this, this guy. Uh, Buford here. You can't call a ref a bleeping clown. Just like you can't call somebody else a bleeping clown, you're going to get fined every time. But if there was a, a, you know, at the end of the Memphis game when Donovan Mitchell was absolutely mugged mm-hmm. on the final shot, yeah. why shouldn't Donovan be able to say, hey, man, I I was mugged on the final shot. He needs to make a better call than that. Why, why should that? If you don't take it too far, if you don't get personal or whatever and say, but that was a bad call, what's the matter with that? I don't think anything's wrong because people can look at the uh, look at the tape and make the decision for themselves right. who they agree with. So I'm not endorsing calling somebody a bleeping clown, although that is pretty hilarious. But why couldn't <laughs> you be able to come out and say, "Hey, look, we blew a twenty point, uh, twenty one point lead. That's on us." But I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, we didn't get many favors from the the officiating crew. Yeah, That's critical. Nothing, nothing wrong That's with not that. disrespectful. Why, why couldn't you be able to, to express yourself in that way? I, well, I don't understand you'd that. you still have the meat with the bacon okay, wrapped that's, around that's, it, but it, it wouldn't give you the acid indigestion later. Coming up on Thursday, Gordon, we're going to be at the warehouse. Nineteen, uh, Actually, we're going to be in uh, in Orem, excuse me, 86 East University Parkway. The warehouse, price is so low, it will blow your mind. A lot more coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's so easy to fall in love. It's so easy to fall in love. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Thank you for making us a part of your day. want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans coming up on Wednesday from noon to 3 at Ken Garf West Valley, 4175 West, 3500 South. Jake, uh, we live in a time where... Some people are on these sort of health kicks, exercise kicks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got a story here in front of me that is uh, good news for the big fellas out there. Austin. (laughs) You said that, not me. Well, that's what you were obviously, that's 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 why you're bringing this up. Nope, 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 nope. Even when he's not here. He's not even here. But a recently published research article from Cornell University found that uh, weight among men is positively associated with perceived persuasiveness. Which so, is, if you're if you're hefty, you're more persuasive. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, in so many words, that overweight men in the workplace are thought to be more persuasive than average size men, according to the study. Why are they like bullying people? No, 
Well, just assessing physical characteristics that make a superior leader is an enduring area of study among academics, such as Malcolm Gladwell, who concluded in his book Blink that tall men are significantly overrepresented among Fortune 500 CEOs. But persuasiveness is widely considered another crucial factor in leadership ability, and this news can be broadly interpreted that uh, it's good news for men of a of a higher weight. So I, I just, and here's a quote, a quote from the study. While the big man leadership concept is based on studies of pre-industrial societies where weight embodied status, our findings suggest an evolved bias to favor moderately big men with respect to perceived persuasiveness, even in environments where there is no reason to interpret overconsumption of food and conservation of energy as a signal of wealth. I, I, that kind of stuff is fascinating to me. I mean, why would a bigger man be, I mean, a heavier man be, why would his opinion seem more valid I don't know. than a skinny guy? Why would somebody that drives a luxury car be a worse person? See, because now, we had that study last now, week. But, but, but. Uh, yeah. You know well, what? This is from Cornell University. That one was fascinating to me. This one bores me. You know, that <laughs> I remember that one was wrong because it included a segment of our of the right, show. Right, right. Well, Gordon on. was like, "What about people that hold just like here. to drive?" Hold on, you. This is good news for you because you've been gaining weight since you got married, yeah. right? Yeah, but the so other you're, one, you're becoming more persuasive. The other one, look, the I, other thought, one I thought is, about that. is just super I thought, accurate. I thought, I thought about that, and I started thinking about. For instance, people who I really respect who happen to have a nice car. And and, and uh, my wife drives a nice car. What does it say about her, Jake? That study was about men, Gordon, if you remember. Because you tried to do that dodge when we brought it up to begin with. As I said the other night, what about all the jazz players who have those nice cars parked Which, behind the, the arena? Which, by the way, is, is such your dodge all the time. You'll bring up Lisa. You just hide behind Lisa. like well, human, You I'm, human shield it no, no, all I'm, the time I'm with your hiding, wife. Which is I'm just, hiding behind valid examples of people who, who enjoy the driving experience who are very polite, wonderful, nice, uh, well-adjusted folks. No, actually, the study was their superficial bleep holes. <laughs> that was what the study said. And because not, you drive not, a POS, so you're a better man. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Certainly not superficial. You don't drive a POS. You could be included in this. Could I? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It is a nice car. What? Uh, <laughs> what's, what's, what's worth more, do you think? Adrian's yearly in- income? Or the the sticker. Oh, don't on- get personal now. There's no reason for that, because Adrian. I'll tell you the answer right no, now. Adrian <laughs> deserves every penny he gets. He's a val. He's a valued part of what we do here. Not the point. What was the point? <laughs> <laughs> Not the point. Might we- be able to buy Jake's POS with it, but. <laughs> It's not a POS. You, I, I was kidding about that. And I think that just like anything, there are always outliers, and a whole lot of them. I, who, who did this study again? Uh, I'd have to go back and see. And look you don't at even it. know. This is a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Oh yeah, it was the. It was like the American psychologists uh, or whatever. Here, <laughs> what I'll find it in one second. 
Uh, uh, Tim, see. what kind of car do you drive? Help me out here. I drive you? a truck. Oh. Does that help? Well, so do I. Your yeah. second car? You want to bring up that argument? That's. Uh, yeah. I'm a contractor, though. What else do we do? We drive uh, trucks. The International Journal of Psychology, by the way. <laughs> a bunch of. Yeah, what do they know? <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, the my study is from Cornell. That ain't bad. Yeah, right. I love I'll the take. Way- I love I'll the take way the international the subject uh, on me. I came up with this, and suddenly you turn it towards some other thing that had nothing to well, do with it. It's just strange that that you think is is you know should be canonized, <laughs> and this you just completely dismiss. Uh, joining us now in studio, he's from RGS Exteriors. A very fit man who uh, does not fit into this category. Call him eight zero one three nine six zero five five five. He's our good friend Tim, and he, you, Tim, you want to help our listeners uh, get their houses looking better? That's right. I don't know about cars, but how about houses or a study about houses and, and people that do siding on their homes? What do you got? I, I haven't seen anything on that, right. but I do know this, that if the exterior of your home looks put together, that the value of your home is going to go up. That's I do right. know that. Well, we can help out with that. We're basically, we've talked a lot today and I appreciate you having us in, in studio today. It's been awesome. But uh, just kind of recap, obviously gutters, we have the 15% discount on our gutters and gutter covers right now. Um, we have our James Hardy siding. Um, which we're doing the free home visualizer. So take basically the siding, whatever stucco, stone, whatever you can think of and dream of. You can sit down with our, consulta- our, our consultants or estimators and throw it on your home and, and see what it's going to look like. So that's something the that service we're offering free um, as, as well. And then lastly, really, there's you know don't let money be in the stop point. Uh, we can help out with financing. We can do six and 12 months, same as cash. Doesn't cost you a penny now. Get the job done today before those pesky price increases come up. And anyway, yeah, happy to help anyway. That's a great advantage there. But hey, I've been I've been told that uh, smart people let uh, let use other people's money. So even if you can afford a project to use the financing, I don't, I don't yeah. know if it's really true or not, but that's what I've been told. And the truth is, you you know, you, you mentioned it. You're making it easy for folks. Make it make it easy on yourself. That's right. We, we, you know what? One thing we talked a little bit uh, offline, but maybe it's it's good to, to let the customers know and homeowners know that, you know, we have a very consultative approach with our estimators. They're not going to come in and, and slam you and, and not leave till you sign a check. That's not us at all. We basically just come in, give you some options. And, and try to educate you as a homeowner of the different products available and just give you different options. And, and if it makes sense for us to do business, let's do business. If it doesn't, that's okay, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're not a fit for everybody and vice versa. So happy to help any way we can. RGS Exteriors. Call them right now, 801-396-0555. Tim, we can't thank you enough for coming in with us today and uh, taking care of our listeners. Thanks, man. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. You guys have a great evening. You uh, you do as well. Gordo, uh, thanks for everything, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Look forward to it. Jazz Game Night pregame show kicks off next here on The Zone Radio Network.